Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast about our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was something out there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth. Uh, you can find me at the Lady of Tarth on Twitter. I am joined with Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can sp- find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. Devin. Hey, this is Devin GD Harpo on Twitter. And Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. Wonderful. Thanks for joining, everyone. Um, we are covering a Game of Thrones Aria Four. And for anyone who may be a first-time listener, we do spoil everything, so fair warning. Also, um, there may be some trigger uh, warnings in this one, particularly for violence. Um, Just a heads up there. So we open this chapter with Sirio and Arya, um, their training, and he's kind of like calling out his moves as they go. So she kind of knows which way to like, you know, parry and dodge his hits. And then... Uh, he strikes, he calls out left, but then he goes right and he hits her. And then, you know, she's like, well, you lied. You said you were going left. And then he says, I, I may have said that, but my body, you know, shouted the truth and that she needs to learn to see. And then um, we get the story about how he became the first sword, the sea, first sword of the Sea Lord of Bravos. And um, the Sea Lord apparently was this big collector of unusual and exotic animals um, and he had this like just an average plain old orange tabby cat on his lap. And then all the others who are vying for this position came in and they they ooed and they awed about this this magnificent beast he had. And Sirio saw it for the ordinary cat it was, which I guess set him apart from the other contenders. So <clears throat> he tells her to like. Look with your eyes, hear with your ears, taste with your mouth, smell with your nose, feel with your skin. And then, then comes the thinking. Um, So this part I thought was kind of interesting. He tells her that by the time they get to Winterfell, she'll be ready to practice with needle. And Arya is very excited about that. You know, she's very eager to show John what she's learned. But like the part that I found interesting is I totally blanked. I didn't realize that the whole plan was for Sirio to go with them. Yeah. Yeah, I remember because we were um, yeah, we were talking about that. And yeah, I, that was something that I hadn't remembered from before either, which would have been. But I think, you know, I think one point we were discussing is not really fair because Sansa, does, you know, it's like she gets to bring Sirio and Sansa's just like leaving, you know. Um, yeah. I, I do wonder, I mean, other than teaching Arya how to use a sword, I mean, is this just a short-term gig for him, or will he be... Oh, yeah, what's, I mean, it, what's in it for him? Yeah, huh. That's and, like, what's his other job, was what I wonder. Like, what else does he do outside of this? Yeah. Like, how's he spending the rest of his time? That's yeah. A, that's a really good point, because what... I mean, being King's Landing is pretty... And working at the castle is pretty uh, pretty big deal, like Red Key. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. a lot of breaking rights, right? It yeah. seems like a... Pre- position like what did they offer him to entice him northwards who wants to go north to Winterfell oh god I don't know why I never thought about that is 
better. We'll never know, but <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know what it is too. It's like as we're like kind of getting into the reread of these chapters, where you know the shit is really hitting the fan. A lot of it too is kind of these pains of like, oh, what could have been, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's just the thought of Sirio going and mm-hmm. Arya continuing with her training. Like, if that had happened, how nice that would have been, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Like these little yeah, there's a lot of that in these yeah. like the chapters we've done the last couple of weeks and these chapters like of oh when we get to Winterfell once I see John again once this and that and it just oh it's so painful right. more painful <laughs> see um so <clears throat> they of course are interrupted by guards uh, one is Sir Marin Trant the other five are Lannister soldiers and um. This is a point that Syria, uh, Syrio tends to find curious since, you know, they claim that Ned is asking for Arya. So he's like, yeah, why send Lannister guards? Arya refuses to go with them and Marin orders that they seize her. Syria steps in and whacks one in the hand, like breaking his fingers. And uh, Syria tells Arya to run to her father. Swift as a deer, Arya says to herself. And then as she begins to retreat... And um, for the first time, she really gets to see, like, Sirio in action and how much he's been holding back in, in their training together. And, you know, this is against, like, armored men. They're armed men. And he's just got, like, his little wooden sword. <laughs> or a rod, I guess. It's not even really a sword. Um, so, yeah, he's taken eyeballs, kneecaps, and names. Like, he makes short work of them. <laughs> <clears throat> She yells at Sirio as she's running, you know, that he needs to run. And the first sort of Bravos responds back that the first sort of Bravos does not run. And he's dead, right? Like, like I know there's all these theories that perhaps... Yeah. Neither does the first sort of Bravos pick up a sword from one of the five men he just laid out for yeah. some reason. Like, why does he not oh. pick up one of their swords or something? Before he gets, uh, before Marin steps in. Yeah. I I have a lot of questions here because it's like, okay, your daughter has a sword, and you want her to get trained. I presume that there's a lot of options in a major capital. Somehow you get the first sword of Bravos. So, you know, is he, like, down on his luck? Does Ned just really pay well for his employees? I mean, there's just so many things here. I love that that's what we're held up on. (laughs) Well, no, but I mean, like, you're seeing him in action, and he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And and yet he's, like, basically, and it's not like his lessons apparent. I mean, she's doing other things. I mean, it's not that this is her whole day every day so i mean it's just kind of like you know i i I just wonder i mean (laughs) yeah and he can do all of this with a stick you know i guess like i don't know maybe i i'll know when I, i keep reading or remember or google it or whatever but like is he ever mentioned again by Marin trant to anybody does anyone recall As far as like, oh yeah, I killed that guy or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Nope. And I think that's why there are so many theories yeah. about him, um, about where he is now. 
Um, there are actually a couple questions we can get into about this. That sounds great. I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Ancient Octagon on Reddit, they ask, um, do you think Serio will make another appearance or that he already has as Jack and Hagar? Um, I don't really think uh, he will, but some of those theories are fun. Um, and then also, Buck O'Hare on Discord, they said, um, what's your favorite serial survives theory? So those two kind of go hand in hand. Um, I, for one, I love the theory that he's jacking, but I don't think it's true at all. I just didn't want Serio to be dead. That's the only reason I believe it. I'm like of the same vein as you, Devin, on that. Like, I love the idea of him being Jack and Hagar, but I do not believe he is. Yeah, they're two on a way in. Yeah. I, I don't think he is. I, I think it's a nice idea, but it doesn't match up with what we know of Jacken or what we know of the faceless men. He seems like he's too more, he, he's too much of an actual person. Yes. And um, I just don't see how he didn't die in that situation after his wooden sword is broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Might not be the answer you want, but that's what you're getting. Okay. <laughs> Arya runs through the kitchens and into the cellars and she reaches a dead end um, and she then starts climbing some um, caskets to reach a window and then pulls herself up and out. And then from this vantage, she can see the carnage of the attack by the Lannisters on the Tower of the Hand and she realizes that she cannot go back there. You know, she can't go home. And she's very frightened at this point and moves away from the tower, hiding from, you know, whoever she comes along her path. And eventually she makes it to the stables um, where she finds Harlan or Holland, sorry, Holland. And um, this is uh, Winterfell's master of horse. And he's been stabbed quite terribly. And it appears that he's dead. But as she kind of gets closer to him, his eyes pop open. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, he warns her to, you know, go tell Ned, tell your father. And then he just like dies. It's like a perfect jump scare moment. <clears throat> and then she's in the stables and she finds more of their people dead around her, but she also finds an overturned chest and it's filled with her clothes as well as needle. And just as she's finding that sword, um, a stable boy exclaims, there you are. And uh, she orders him at first to, you know, come help me and um, that her father will reward him. And then he tells her that the hand is dead. The queen will reward him. And he grabs her really hard by the arm. And then Arya forgets all of Sirio's lessons and just remembers the one thing John taught her. And that's stick him with the pointy end. And she skewers the boy right through the stomach all the way up to his shoulder blades. And, uh... I mean, that's a life changer. <laughs> mm, Arya's first kill. Yeah. yeah. That's, mm. But she's like, she is, it really kills me. A lot of, um, you'll see a lot of fandom talk about how cold and merciless she is. She's a little girl here and she's scared out of her wits. And this changes her. I mean, she's not, this is not something she just casually does. I mean, she. Yeah. And this kill was she, a reaction. She realizes the um, the impact. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like it seems, it seems like a big reaction. I mean, she is a small child, and I get. I think taking that into account 
maybe I would answer differently, but I'm like, would I stab somebody through the stomach? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I love mean, the way it's played on the show, the way Maisie plays that. It's like she, like, almost as if it was an accident because she turns and stabs them, like, at, like all in kind of one motion. I do like the way it is played on the show. It's really good. It's a little bit less intentional, right? Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Where here in the books, is, I think it's definitely intentional because <laughs> of the way she does it. But also, I mean, if she doesn't, she, in her mind, she could be thinking, I mean, if he takes me to the queen, I'm probably dead. Yeah. Well, and she's just seen a bunch of. I just mean, seen all the dead yeah. start people. I mean, yeah. she's, it's not like she's randomly in the courtyard and there's yeah. this kid telling her, he's, you know, your father's a traitor and I'm going to take you to the queen. Yeah. It's she's just seen a bunch of people she's known her whole life dead. And, she's not and she knows of, Lannister oh, men yeah. just came to get her. Yeah. And, and this guy that she trusted tells her to run and is already. I mean, she's yeah. so it's it's not quite like she just randomly picked up the sword and you know. Stab the kid. Kill some boy. Yeah. She. Yeah. So did this kid work for them, or like, is this was one of like I guess maybe like just he was hired in this in King's Landing before this. I guess uh, he must have been in this area. Like, yeah, not I wonder. For- I took it as like he was one of the cast, like a you know keep workers, but. I don't know if his I, I feel like maybe his dad worked in the stables as well, and he like helps him or something. It was like kind of the feeling I got. Like I, like I don't feel like this guy knows. Like I don't feel like this boy has ever spoken, or that Cersei or Joffrey or anyone has ever spoken to him. Um, I feel like it's kind of he's just some boy, wrong place, wrong time. He does know what's going on, so I feel like he's there in the stables a good bit, probably. Which is why I feel like his dad probably works there or something. You know, like, like people like they're in the old days, you look at the post office wanted posters or there's stuff on the website. I mean, like people who are into that stuff, they hear something's going down. They know reward money is probably going to be in the offing reward money that could change your life forever. You know, she's not exactly like some obscure housemaid. I mean, she's the daughter of the hand there, former hand. So we know who she is, maybe. This golden ticket. Yeah, I think so. I mean, can't blame him. I probably would grab Arya too. <laughs> I'd be skewered through the guts. Uh, let's see. Nobody else. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Arya realizes that she can't escape by horse. Um, everything was is going to be on lockdown. There's no way she's getting out of here. Um, then she remembers the cellars and where those dragon skulls are. And she kind of just tries to like, ascertain what's going to be the best way to get there. And she decides to cross this big empty field. And then she describes like there's a wall above that with like more guards than she has ever seen on top of it. And then a voice seems to whisper, calm as still water. And it's like it's she kind of actually they describe it described in the book where she like almost drops her bundle and like looks around because it's like that real and then it's followed up by um quiet as a shadow and uh, it does seem to calm her it's Sirio's voice in her head Arya forces herself to walk across the yard not run and um she makes it like nobody calls out 
Um, so she gets to the sept. She steals two candles and uses one to light her way in the dark cellars below, eventually finding the place with the dragon skulls. She was tempted to stay there and hide, but um, she forces herself to keep going. And then the voice in her head once more repeats, fear cuts deeper than swords. She remembers um, the crypts at Winterfell and how they were far more creepier than this place. And there's this really cute story where Rob had taken them down as children, her, Sansa, and Bran. And um, John jumps out and he's covered in flowers. So he like, kind of looks like a ghost. And the memory makes her smile. Um, and this part was really funny too. There's a moment where she thinks about that stable boy she just killed, and she reminds herself the stable boy was dead. She killed him, and if he jumped out at her, she'd kill him again. <laughs> it's a little remorseless. <laughs> again, though, I, you know. Uh-huh. I love it. <laughs> I wonder if like it, it's probably so vast down there, and so so would he, she could probably have hidden down there. I mean, although she would have risked whenever she went out to get food, I was like, what if she hid, hid yeah. there long term? You know, she'd have to get food. Uh, you could have done it just like yeah. that cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have done it, I think. <laughs> she just, you know, she would have, you know, once she had her time to collect her wits about her, she would have known enough to disguise herself like the boy oh, and cover. Yeah, she could have been like very yeah. wandering rat, and then she could have killed Cersei one day. <laughs> she could have oh, had a whole thing wonderful. going. She could have taken them all <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, so she could have taken them all out. <laughs> As I like to say, to the fan sick machine. <laughs> so, um, she then, like, you know, thinking of Winterfell, it kind of um, calms her and she just thinks of how great, you know, well, not great, but how much better everything will be once she gets to Winterfell. And that kind of gives her kind of the courage to continue her walk through these dark tunnels. And that's how this chapter comes to a close. That is my favorite and least favorite part of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Like her thinking of home, giving her the strength and courage to go on. But then just knowing that, yeah, you're not getting there anytime soon. Yeah. It's like every time, I mean, throughout the series where it's like, oh, soon they'll be reunited. And, you know, initially reading them like, oh, yes, this will be great. You know, Kat is going to get her hands on, you know, her kid. And then it's like, no, as you reread, no, not going to happen. Stab through the heart over and over and over again. I love that whole thing that they Rob and um, John cooked up with the kids. Just the whole thing with the flour and. <laughs> How much flour did they have? Did they waste doing that? Rich kids, privileged. <laughs> the cooks were probably furious when they realized <laughs> a significant amount of their flour was gone. <laughs> oh, that does infuriate me though. Like my um my daughter likes watching YouTube videos where like kids will. I don't know. They'll just pour a bunch of food into a, like a bowl and like, let's see how much slime we can make out of like, and it's just like perfectly good food. <laughs> I get so angered. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I digress. I brought everything to a screeching halt. I apologize. Okay. So, <laughs> was there it's any a valid point. Hmm? It's a valid point. Rich kids wasting food. You know, it is a valid point, right? Yeah, because they, it's cold up there. Yeah. 
society. Right. And they have to, I'm, I'm sure, like, it's so cold up there that I'm sure. I, I never thought about that. Do they just, like, import things, like, when they need to grow things? If it's, you know, when it's long. At that point, I guess it hadn't well, been a long winter. They're farms, and they yeah. have a miller. Because, well, yeah. we know at least they have a miller, because that's who's Ramsey's mom is the miller's wife. Yeah. So they must have grain. I yeah, mean, long summer. Right? Yeah, so they store it for long enough to last on when it does hit, when it does hit. Yeah. That's, so that's why you probably like, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, all of that stuff, would I imagine, would be considered, like, because you never quite know when winter's going to hit, and you're trying to store things. and So they probably yeah, have that mindset, so just, yeah, to save. Yeah. <laughs> Not expect it to go there, but that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> is there any more mail for this uh, chapter? Um, yes, there is one more piece of mail. Um, so, um, Iruna22 um, from Gmail, uh, they say, in the Eddard 12 episode, you guys talked about how empathetic Ned is towards Cersei, putting himself in her place, even when talking about his child's attempted murder and questioning what he would have done in that situation. My question is, why didn't he do the same for Jamie? Was it because they didn't really have a confrontation because he thinks King, uh, King slaying is worse than child murdering because Cersei is a woman and he is more reluctant to think of her as evil or ruthless because of that. I mean, after his father and brother's fate, you'd think he'd be the first to congratulate Jamie and aiding um, Ares to retire. <laughs> would Jamie have trusted Ned? Um, would Jamie have trusted Ned if he had asked the right questions? Anyway, I'm off to reread the right question and more like the man you were meant to be. Thank you for your amazing job. What's well, interesting? Um so it kind of like speak to like what, who Ned is as a person where he sets his values and he's very like, I don't know, he's bought a system of like well, he, these are the oaths you make. And like, so what Jamie has done is so egregious to him. And, he and into it. I, I can't, I mean, everyone who was around Aries and all of the people who, I mean, Ned is far from the only person who calls Jamie Kingslayer and, you know, is offended by his mere existence. Um, and they all, I mean, a good portion of those people must have realized that what Jamie did really had to be done. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm inclined to say that that is, you know, it's, I can't just blame Ned for that because everyone else seems to think the same thing. You know, I mean, it's not right, but I mean, he's not the only one who's got these issues with Jamie. Um, and I think it's just that, like, people not really, you know, it's very easy to say you shouldn't have done that when, you know, if they were in the same position, maybe they would have had to. But as far as Cersei goes, I mean, I mean, I think it's partly they're, you know, he's looking at... Maybe it is partly because she's she's a woman and he I don't know if he I think he thinks of her as ruthless. But I think maybe he's there's some of that sort of almost natural, not natural is the wrong word, but that trend ingrained ingrained idea that women are weaker and are deserving of protection and chivalry and all that. Yeah, that's saying he's a man of the system like he's the values of the world is, you know, he's upholding them and believes in them 
instead of what's in front of him, you know, to such a degree he can't see the truth in front of him. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Any others before we close out this chapter? Um, that is all of the mail. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for sending in messages, everyone. We really do love them. And you can please send us more um, by email at close the door and at gmail.com. You can also send us a message anonymously if you wish on Tumblr at close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Uh, please do consider supporting us on Patreon. And that's all. Thank you all for podcasting, closing the door, get out.